1: So call in, we'll chat and uh, have some fun Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary Here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network
2: I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more Thanks for listening to the show What's on your mind? You tell me 800-516-1220, Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty Elasmotherium Haimatos The Blood Unicorn The Story of Thoranos The Revolutionary Blood Testing Device missed deadlines. I'll talk about it a little bit later. But it's gone. Promise unfulfilled to say the least. Company was a great story, but it went nowhere. Didn't really have the technology that they said they would have. That's a problem. Trade matters are worrying Wall Street. When you start adding up all the tariffs, start adding up all the um, retaliation, it's a matter of time before the United States starts feeling that kind of pain. Dorsey. Dorsey, Facebook, Twitter, Alphabet, you got Sandberg, you got Dorsey from Twitter, you got no one from Alphabet, they were going to send their attorney and the Senate said thanks, but no thanks, and they went on to shame Google by leaving an empty seat that was meant for their CEO or one of their two founders. Great googly moogly. Right? So they're in the news and they're, cra- not, they're not crashing today. Some people would see it as an opportunity to get in at a lower price based on Congress grilling these guys. And they're coming right back in October. Right now, they're, it's, it's more about the theme of fake news and what did you do to protect people. In October, they're coming back to Washington to talk about are they monopolies or not? Are they anti-competitive? So they put in big moves of stocks. They're the first ones to shoot. When you start getting a little bit nervous about trade, and you start getting, you're like, wait, wait. Did the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau, who some people are infatuated that he's a good-looking man and can do yoga. I'm not infatuated with it. I can't even touch my knees. Some people try to touch their toes. I can't even touch my knees. Of course, I can touch my knees, but you get the idea. I'm not going to sit there and do yoga. I don't have time for that. But Trudeau's put up a fight. Fight, fight, fight. Do you remember in elementary school or high school or middle school when for some reason the, the testosterone got so high, so heated, that boys had to punch each other? And the first they thing you would yourself. say was fight, fight, fight. Or maybe I just went to a tougher school. <laughs> we had uh, clown noises when we punched each other. I went to clown college. Little known fact. Okay, I made that up. But it's it would be a good story if it was true. So is the market choking today? Or is it just not going up? And Kamala Harris, who President Barack Obama said was a good-looking woman. <laughs> Whoops. She's grilling the guys. She's telling Facebook, Sandberg, why were you on book tours when all this was happening? Why was Zuckerberg out of the state? when Russia was hacking us. And uh, Twitter's doing their part. Jack Dorsey's looking old, man. I've been doing this a long time. I remember when Jack Dorsey was like 22, 23, and you're like, you're, lo- you're too young to be a CEO. And now you're like, whoa, Square's a good thing going, and Twitter's you know kind of got some traction going, and I don't know. Uh, it's never good to have Congress grilling a whole sector. Um, And it could lead to lower valuations if you think there's any teeth to it. Now, yesterday, or for the the markets, it's been kind of a a big summer, a big summer up. And we tend to spend a lot and break our budgets during the summer, but we also tend to say things like, oh, stock markets probably not going to do anything. They know it was at a big up. 20% gain for Apple. And you, still, and you start feeling kind of bloated. Start feeling kind of bloated. The trade issues are still out there. There's some uncertainty. Trudeau from Canada, who I'm pretty sure Trump will invade Canada if Trudeau keeps yapping off.
0: Take
1: about off. About not You're giving closer. in on key
2: demands. And I know you're saying, do you really think Trump would invade Canada? I don't think it's beyond the reason of a, a reasonable shadow of a doubt,
1: right? Which is a very good thing. Which is a very, very good thing.
2: We can get their maple syrup. We can get their Mounties, their police force. While we're up there, we'll 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 make hockey the national sport of the United States. We'll call Canada the 51st state. We'll say we'll protect you like we protect Puerto Rico. You can trust us. Or as we say it, trust us. So that's out there. The trade balance report for July. (laughs) A man who is obsessed with the trade deficit, Donald Trump. It's widening. It's getting worse. And that's not good. That's going to be a drag on third quarter GDP. Plus, it's going to fan the Trump administration's flame about trade matters. And they're going to try to increase the tactics with the European Union and China and with, that's right, Canada. Blame Canada. I think we could probably figure out a way to blame Canada for all wrongs in the world. But I don't want to live in that world, because I like Canadian women, I like Canadian beer, I like Canadian hockey. No, no, I don't like the beer. I like the maple syrup, and I do like the Mounties. Mounties are cool. So, versus our police. Nothing against our police. Please don't pull me over. But... If you pulled me over on a horse, wearing a big red jacket and a big hat, I'd take that to pride. Watch for the airlines to get some added attention today after United Continental and JetBlue both provided upbeat third quarter guidance for passenger unit revenue growth expectations. Both of them was raised the price of a bag, another five bucks, the first bag. You might remember me talking about JetBlue doing that, going 25 to 30 bucks. So that's out there. So flying I still think is incredibly cheap all things considered, but at the same time it is not what what you think it is. It's a glorified bus in the air. Or a bus that has some jet propulsion to it, right? So I get an email today from Hawaiian Airlines. They get last chance to go to Hawaii for $179. Fall fares to Hawaii starting at 179. I'm like that sounds great. And then you kind of remember school just started. And then you kind of remember that this is their off season. So thanks for cutting the fares now when no one's going to be there. Supply and demand. You think they're going to cut fares when demand's high? Uh Uh-oh. Airlines aren't going to leave that on the table. So again, it's a good lesson on supply and demand. And again, it goes down to what stocks are you investing and why? What's their product? Does it have demand? Do they have too much supply? All very good questions. Thank you for asking them. Should America invade Canada? That's today's quick, fast poll. Send your results to robblackdoesn'treallycare.com. 800-516-1220 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Big seminar coming up at the Toll House in Los Gatos, California. I'm going to go over some top stock picks like mm, maybe a fintech company that I think will double in the next 18 months. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. We're going to talk new taxes in 2018, 2019. going to talk... Retirement income issues, you can sign up at Rob Black Show. It's coming up September 20th, 6:30 to 8:30. Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Code Radio25 to get in for free.
1: And
2: every time
1: I, let you leave, I always saw you coming back. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: The big tech companies are getting grilled by Congress right now. That could lead investors to look elsewhere so that they don't have to take the potential negatives of anything Congress tries to put together. So where do you look to for investments? I like fintech right now enormously. Whether it's companies like Fiserv, which has a reasonable valuation... Or Fiserv, who owns um, parts of Zelle. Or PayPal, who owns Venmo. Um, I think those two stocks should be considered. Not bought, but PayPal's got 244 million active registered users. And, you know, Venmo is something you always take a look at. Um, I use Venmo to if you need to pay for a babysitter or someone who mows your lawn or someone who, you know, doesn't... feeds your fish, walks your dog. Now, I do a lot of Venmo at stores, but I use them more PayPal at stores. Um, <clears throat> I don't feel like I'm all that comfortable with Zelle, but these guys are going to continue to, you know, tinker here and there and really put the pressure on physical banks. I'm not saying they're going to kill physical banks, but... If you're 22, 23 years old right now, the last thing you're thinking is, Whew, I'm going to go to a white party where everyone wears white, and we dance and we rave all night long, and we do a little molly. I know you're saying hip reference, Rob, hip reference. Talk about molly. Um, they don't really care about going into Wells Fargo or Bank of America. They want it all done on their phone. Let's go to Samantha and Sunnyvale. How are you, Samantha?
1: I'm great. How are you? Good. I have a question well, regarding annuities, but. Sure. Okay. So, my question is this. I've heard in the past that annuities are no bueno, no good, probably not wise to invest your money there. Yesterday, sure. I got pitched this Bright House Shield 15 six year annuity with a 85% rate of return with a, I think they said, cushion or protection on the downside?
2: Yeah. um, So you're basically getting a hybrid product when you hear about, in this case, what's called a variable annuity, or it could be an equity indexed annuity. Um, I'm a financial expert. I would consider myself obsessed with finances. I would consider myself to be a problem in life that I'm, I'm so worried about good product and bad product. I don't use any annuities. CFP Chad Burton, uh, 20 years ago, he was selling annuities and insurance with his grandfather, and he doesn't sell any new product at this point in time. Um, There's a couple companies like an Ameriprise who doesn't have a broker pitching you that there's some decent annuities for, let's say you and I are wealthy, and we've got houses, and we've got cash, and we've got stocks, and we've got a dividend portfolio. You can make a case for using a no-load or low-load no commission annuity to supplement income of maybe 10 to 15 crazy 20% in retirement. I don't know one financial person who uses the products themselves. The product was created because it's very high commission and it can make a company, an insurance company, a lot of money and an insurance company who insures the worst things that can happen to you. They're trying to get into the, the best thing that can happen to you. Um, one's an asset, one's a liability. You want to ensure your liabilities, your your ability to earn income, your ability to save for retirement, your ability to pay for your kids' college. Your you get behind a wheel, you need car insurance in case you hit a car of lawyers. You need umbrella insurance to cover even more lawsuits. So mixing the two is just you being suckered by the insurance industry and ultimately by Congress that you know these are bad investment products. They're okay insurance products, but you don't need to insure the stock market, Bernadette. The stock market last week was at an all-time high or low? High. Where was it the year before? At an all-time high. It's at an all-time high, seven out of ten years. So why do you need to insure that? Are you, are you, do you just like to insure things that you're never going to use? Like, I don't do a lot of insurance on like, do you want to insure this letter? I'm like, no. And then I start thinking about, like, what's inside the letter? What's inside the package? I'm not willy-nilly about things that I need to insure because, like, post office gets it there 99 out of 100 times. And if it doesn't in this case, the people are going to call me and say, you still owe me a check. Where's the check? So I don't insure every single letter. And I don't insure my portfolio. As I get older, I'll be more conservative with my portfolio. But there's more cons than pros, there are no bad investment products, right? There's just bad uses of them and bad people. Um, you don't need it. So you were pitched uh, If you show me what you were pitched, I'll show you the flaws. If you read the details of the contract, you'll see the flaws yourself if you can get through the ease. You're typically paying up to 9% in commissions, and then you get management fees for the portfolio, and then you get capped on the up years. I'd be very cautious on that. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Annuities aren't bought, they're sold. And as soon as you kind of grasp that, it starts to make a little more sense. So they're very, uh, they're the least understood, most bought financial product that is a problem. We as a nation see our women and our men aging and women tend to start investing a little bit later than men, and sometimes they take years off to raise children or to have babies. And, you know, it it becomes a problem in society that we're not educating ourselves enough. There's an immediate annuity, which is a product in which you trade a lump sum for a stream of income from an insurance company. Now, think about that for just a second. How are they going to give you above-average returns guaranteed? Well, they're going to charge you all Boatload of commissions up front, so you're already behind. Fixed annuities, they've got cash just characteristics similar to a CD. Uh, the terms are typically longer, though, and there's fees and penalties to get your own money. Variable annuities, they got a little bit of a mutual fund and a little bit of a uh, downside safety angle to them. And then there's equity-indexed annuities, which is a fixed annuity advertising gains indexed to the upside of equity markets without the downside. If you're too good to be true, bells are ringing right now. It's for good reason. So the people that I know that sell annuities are, I'm not going to say slimy, because I don't want to get sued, but they're not my type of people. Um, And I'll stick with that. The advantages of equity-indexed annuities are hard to find. Amidst the overly simplistic marketing pledges shrouding overly complex underlying construction of the products. So if you want to suspend disbelief, Bernadette, fine. Ignorance is blissful, if only momentarily. I would not, I would not work with an annuity salesperson. And there's people on sports radio who their whole shows are all about pitching annuities. Because if they get one person who throws down $100,000, they just made $9,000 in commissions. That buys a lot of advertising time. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.
1: Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Talk to me, yeah, talk to me, yeah, talk to me. Yeah, talk to me. Oh. do oh, oh. hey, wake me up. Don't wake me up. Wake me up,
2: try. Wake me up. I you know like talking money investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. I want to do a cautionary tale because I think these are sometimes the way to save you money is to prevent you from losing money. The rise and fall of Theranos, the blood testing startup that went from a rising star in Silicon Valley to facing fraud charges, um, shutting completely down, it looks like now. Now, they were dealt a, a death blow. But let's go back to the beginning and talk about... The idea of a Stanford student who has a new revolutionary idea how one pinprick of blood could give insight into your genetics, into your health, into your longevity, into cancer, and it could be done at a CVS or Rite Aid or Walgreens, or it could be done in a mobile truck was going to revolutionize the world who doesn't want that my mother has diabetes and it's hideous the way we treat diabetes today compared to 100 years ago is about the same not saying that we got the leeches ma black sit down we're going to throw down some leeches on you but it feels that way the star was shining bright in 2015 company out a valuation of nine billion dollars with its big vision to test for a number of conditions its ceo elizabeth holmes was featured on the cover of business magazines of top executives she kind of took some fashion advice from someone who knew steve jobs and she started wearing black turtleneck mock turtleneck jackets and shirts and keeping it super simple The events leading up to the imminent downfall of the company from the huge upswing started unraveling basically not that long ago. June 2018. You saw Holmes step down as CEO of Theranos, remaining with the company as a founder and chair of the board. She was charged with wire fraud by the Department of Justice. Theranos told investors that it was shutting down Now, this is a pretty fascinating story, and again, it's something that we all fall for. I I did the story. I talked about it on a regular basis. I went as far as to say, like, you got to see this woman. She's she's really good looking, and she's super smart, and, oh, she's got a company you may want to invest in one day. And boy, did that turn out wrong for her. Elizabeth Holmes dropped out of Stanford in 2003. 2003? age of 19 to start at Theranos which was then called real-time cures. Her grandfather had a medical career and she did some interning at the Genome Institute of Singapore. Smart, smart young woman. So early on in 2004 she's doing some uh, work with Stanford and some of the people that she went to school with she started raising some funds she leveraged several family connections the first two investors in Thranos were Tim Draper that's the father of her childhood friend and former neighbor and Victor Palmieri one of her father's long-term friends and by the end of 2004 she had raised six million dollars simply as a college dropout who had a great idea now the initial design of the product was pretty cool. It was a cartridge and reader system that was dependent on microfluidics and biochemistry, which is, I, I don't know what microfluidics is. So right there, she started losing me. I'm focusing in on the the blue eyes, the blonde hair, the young mentality that we're all attracted to. As we get older, we just wanna be young and you're like, whoa, she's got a company, whoa. And she wanted to figure out you know, how to help firms, pharmaceutical firms, catch adverse drug reactions during clinical trials. So in 2006, November 2006, the CFO was fired. And that's one of the biggest flags that the company kind of uh, showed you. At the time, he questioned the honesty of the company and the reliability of its technology and he was fired. Now we could jump to the end and I can tell you the technology didn't work, but that's for losers. So 2006, 2003 she's in college, 2004 she's raising money, 2006 she's fired the CFO. Um, In 2007 she used the premature Theranos 1.0 in a patient study with terminal cancer patients in Nashville. Theranos also said it would be suing former employees for stealing intellectual property. Kind of like, look over there, look over there, there's nothing wrong here. They developed a new prototype of their technology in two thousand seven named the Edison. It was a glue dispensing robot from a New Jersey company that was modified. She poached some Apple designers and put them in charge of architecting the overall look and feel of the Edison. Pretty cool robot. A person named Sunny Balwani joined Thranos in September two thousand nine. He had known her since two thousand two. And had a background in software engineering business. So you started thinking, like, maybe, you know, do we believe this? Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Um, and Balwani approached Walgreens with a business proposition to run health clinics inside of Walgreens. Thronis was also pursuing a partnership with Safeway. These new partnerships were big, big sales points for let's go raise more money. And, you know, she wanted to create multiple classes of blood tests that CVS and Safeway would be able to use. So in 2012, they took over blood testing at Safeway, an employee clinic as a beta run at a Safeway. Chief Medical Officer Safeway had concerns about the discrepancies and differences between the values given by Theranos. Safeway's CEO brushed it off and retired the following year. Uh-oh, did he know? Theranos also signed a deal with Walgreens to launch its devices in-store, but continuously missed agreed-upon deadlines. And again, that's when things start to get kind of dicey. A person named Lieutenant Colonel David Shoemaker raised concerns about Theranos' regulatory strategy to the FDA in 2012 after Holmes approached him about deploying the device in the military. The Center for Medicaid and Medical Services then did a surprise inspection where Balwani told them that the device was still under development after battling James Mattis, the James Mattis, who's in the Trump administration, who was on the Theranos board. Shoemaker agreed to a more limited experiment, and that would have tipped us all. And we wouldn't have been doing stories about Elizabeth Holmes. We wouldn't have been do stories about Theranos. All while this was happening, again, it started in 2003, she was in college. By 2013, things were getting tense. You had a former scientist at Theranos commit suicide. Theranos then launched its 4S model with a new website of an op ed piece by Holmes in the Wall Street Journal, despite protests from several of the company's scientists saying the technology was not ready. It's almost. Was she a pathological liar? Could this be that the story wasn't as good as it should be? Why do we want the holy grail of medicine, a pinprick? To basically determine if we need to go to the doctor or not. There's a company called Partner Funds, which purchased 5.6 million shares of Theranos at a price of 17 a share in February 2014. Theranos was valued at $9 billion. Elizabeth Holmes, who, blonde hair, blue eyed, kind of had that Mercer uh, Meyer thing going on from Yahoo. She was worth nine. Well, the company was worth nine billion. She was worth five billion. The CEO is out for blood. The headlines kind of wrote themselves. Thranos and Holmes started gaining media attention. June two thousand fourteen. It's still a beloved company. Now it doesn't take long to figure out that we're going to jump to two thousand eighteen, and the whole thing's going to be gone. But there was a Wall Street Journal investigative reporter, John Kerryu. He got a tip about Theranos in early 2015. He contacted a former lab director at Theranos who told him about unethical and harmful practices there. Now, at that time, the company was operating in an ultimately limited capacity, and they had been generating false and unreliable results for patients. So they were doing HIV tests, for instance, that Holmes and Theranos would ultimately send to another company to do the actual blood test, They would get the blood, then they would send it somewhere else, and then report the results as if it were their own. So Theranos got its first FDA approval in July 2015. Scientists were starting to raise some questions about the company's technology. Shortly before Holmes was scheduled to speak at a conference, the Wall Street Journal published the first story revealing the company's struggles to develop its blood testing technology. She went on stage and appeared on TV to defend her company. And the facts were starting to come out. Long story short, by 2016, it was a problem that Sunny Balwani, who did software, was leaving the company. Charges have been filed. She's been banned from lab testing. She's still kind of wealthy for now until the lawsuits start cranking up. Anyhow and anyway, it's one of those stories that it's a great story and you tell it so well, Forrest, but you got to stay away from story stock sometimes or you got to do some work and see real revenues. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.
1: robblack.com Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. If you're
2: a Bay Area fan, a lot like myself, I grew up playing video games and wanted to move to Silicon Valley to be a computer science major, engineer, to code, to program. one point in time, when I was younger, I was arrested for a short period of time and basically was about to be charged for hacking. I was underage, so the cop, a guy named Detective Disney, knocks you on my door. And basically, it says, we know what you're doing. And what I was doing at that point in time was basically breaking into a satellite and getting free phone calls long distance. I was 13 or 14 years old. And, uh like, who do you need to call long distance back when long distance was $0.20 cents a minute or $0.15 cents a minute down to $0.10 cents a minute? It was kind of crazy. Now you could call anyone anywhere in the world, essentially. Unlimited, right? For, for your basic monthly plan, but a guy named Detective Disney knocked on the door. And uh, he basically said, you know, you're underage, this is super serious, Sprint's not happy, and uh, we know everything. And we want you to write down the names of 10 to 15 people that you can, that also can do what you do. Because there was a little community that shared information. And boy, did I I sing like a rat. (laughs) Did I sing, like, do I deserve to be under the ocean swimming with fishes? Yeah, I do. Because I I was a rat. I wasn't about, I mean, this had to stop. My dad was was fuming pretty heavy. But I always wanted to come to the Bay Area. And I kind of wanted to be a Mark Zuckerberg. Kind of wanted to maybe not be that level of leader, but I wanted to make video games. I thought that would be a perfect life. And uh, I love the Bay Area. And today, something terrible has happened in the Bay Area. Facebook CEO Sheryl Sandberg and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey are testifying at the Senate Intelligence Committee. And tech is under attack. And the senators left out a chair that was meant for Google CEO or founder. And when, when the committee meeting started, you'd hear... I'm the great senator from the great state of Georgia. And look, there's an empty chair. Ain't that amazing that Google didn't have time to come here and they're worth billions of dollars? And Trump's like, yeah, Google, fake news, fake news. Great googly-moogly. Fake social, fake social. So the flooding's pretty rough right now for Dorsey and Sandberg. And when the Russians kind of apparently hacked the U.S. elections, Sandberg was running around talking about her book, Lean In. And Zuckerberg was on a tour of the United States. Now that I bring that up, then you go, wait, wait, aren't they the top leaders of Facebook? Maybe this wouldn't have happened if they were focused on their product. Now, I can't, you know, defend Jack Dorsey or not. Twitter seems like the easiest one to, you know, just spray paint a message on the sliding pretty rough right now. And what you don't want is Google, Facebook, and Twitter basically sending their executives to get in front of the, the mighty Mr. Burr, the chairman from the great state of Arkansas. Well, they don't even have internet in Arkansas. Okay, maybe they do, but they, you know, I don't know. That, yeah, that's that's all we need. I don't need to get into trouble knocking Arkansas. I once wanted to, when I learned that I wasn't going to be a computer science major, I wanted to move to Arkansas and become a dentist. Because, let's face it, that's going to be the easiest job on the planet, right? Cleaning one tooth. Okay, we don't have teeth brushes. We have toothbrushes. To brush your tooth. So lawmakers are really ornery right now, and that kind of scares me a little bit because I have a home in the Bay Area. The last thing I want to see is Sheryl Sandberg, who... I find her refreshing. But at the same time, I'm like... She's kind of like the golden girl of the Bay Area. And do you want your senior leadership... To be transparent, sure. Do you want your senior leadership in front of senators? No. Um, they should be doing their company. So, tech is getting a bit of a sell signal because it's becoming enemy of the people. Senior leadership is taking it pretty mean, pretty harsh. Where I live, it seems like you walk down the street and it's like, oh, that person works at Facebook. Oh, that person works at Oracle. Oh, that person works at. Um, and it's interesting because, like, Oracle's like two miles from my home. Facebook's like five. And I don't want to see these companies punished for personal reasons. It would hurt real estate value if they had to, like, lop off the number of people they're hiring. If there's a government, you know, oversight that's put into place, do I want them to have oversight? Personally, sure. Investor-wise, no. And there's a conflict with me there, right? I hope you have conflicts. Because I'm more than willing to talk about mine. I'm more than willing to tell you that I once got arrested. I never got booked. But but the guy scared the hell out of me. And, you know, Zuckerberg's already had a five-hour marathon back in April with, you know, polished congressmen. Nevada Democrat Senator Catherine Cortez Mastro. Summed up the sentiment of many of her peers. Stop, apologize, and make changes. And Zuckerberg was tired, and he looked tired. So, last thing I want to do is see these <clears throat> committees going on for a long time, investigating Facebook, Twitter, um, Google. Google's had a tough, tough year as far as regulat- regulatory action goes. Anyhow, you can find me online at com. It's com. The more regulation... The lower their stocks go. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more.